Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode four of Conversations That Count with Drew and Michaela. Although it is not morning, but... It's currently 1.15 in the afternoon, Drew. No, it's 1.12 in the <laughs> afternoon. Get your time right. I, Come on, okay, you can't read a digital I, clock. <laughs> I like to round up, and also, no one would have known unless you said something and you Well, did. now everybody knows that you <laughs> don't was, really know how to tell numbers. If you know me, then I will always round up to the nearest five or zero on a clock because I don't care. <laughs> That's my explanation. So I guess to start off today, so I heard, Michaela, you drink shower water, right? <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. I used to when I was little, but <laughs> now it's more, it just happens. <laughs> like, on accident? Yeah, I don't do it on purpose because I think it's weird. But also, like, shower water just hits different, right? Like, I don't know. If you have a sure. sore throat, you try to warm it up in the morning. You just, and... you just go to the shower and you open up your mouth, get a... <laughs> Get that water flowing through your system before you start the day. Yeah. What a, do you drink shower water? <laughs> no, I don't drink shower <laughs> Did you water. when you were a kid, though? No, I did not. What? Uh-uh, okay, never. Uh, it's coming out I of the like, shower. I feel like I'm not the only one to do that, though. Probably so. not. I feel like it's probably a normal thing. I know a few people but... who do. Just kidding. Mm, okay, I only okay. know one. You. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Drew, I was wondering, are fruits hard or soft? Oh, I can't say defend on, depends on the fruit because you're saying all fruits. All fruits are softly hard. Okay. So I guess I'm saying they're soft. Okay. Because, you know, the outside of the fruit, it doesn't really count. You get rid of that anyways. Everybody gets yeah. rid of that. So I'm counting the fruit as the inside of the fruit. Sorry that I'm being mean to all fruits that you eat the outside of, but like it's apples. It's a good thing that fruits don't have but feelings, Drew. Bananas. <laughs> this The peel isn't even hard. Yeah, here's my theory. If you throw a fruit hard enough, it's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, it is hard. Let's say, okay, you know that scene in Zootopia when they have the, the little blue bullets in the gun and they shoot it at the animals to make them go feral? When they replace it with blueberries, it still hurts. So no matter what you do, if you if you get a fruit at the right velocity, it's gonna hurt when it hits your skin. So therefore, fruit but, is but hard. But wouldn't that like be everything? Like let's say I threw a giant one of those exercise balls filled with air at that you. That already hurts. Exactly. <laughs> so. But it's hard. But when you sit on it, is it hard? Because you sink into mm, it. Okay. But a napkin. If I threw that hard enough at no, you, you, I think it would you hurt. couldn't get enough speed with it. If I could, though. If you could, but that's a hypothetical. Not, let's let's not. say I shot it out of one of those blueberry guns. It wouldn't be... No. I think I could. <laughs> I think okay, so. Okay, well. So, conclusion, I on. guess they were going to compromise and say that fruits are hard. Okay. So, I guess a compromise on my end. <sighs> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> If you guys have a different opinion, feel free to let us know and share your reasoning, and maybe we'll bring it up on the next episode. Um, Drew, have you ever had a really bad experience with a goose? You know, I can't say I've had a bad experience. I've had experiences with geese. <laughs> Please do share. So there was this park next to our house. We called it Running Park, or as we nicknamed it, Goose Poop Park. 
because there's goose poop everywhere <laughs> over the entire park. And so that was just like the bad, the, the most terrible experience I've had with a goose. Hmm. But also I went to um, the capital of South Dakota one time. And they what have is, a lake there. What is the capital of South Pier, Dakota? South Dakota. Good job. I know my geography. <laughs> um, but, we w- but I went there, and there was the heated lake, or a heated pond, I should say, next to the capital. And all the geese, all winter, will just sit there because <coughs> they, it's heated. And so they're just mm-hmm. chilling there. And there's, like, probably thousands of geese there. And we brought bread um, from we bought some from the store and we brought it down and we were feeding all the geese and then one of my friends tried to grab the geese oh. as they were flying away <laughs> and he was not successful but we did find a frozen duck in the lake oh that's traumatizing <laughs> so I guess that's my worst experience okay. with a goose I don't I can't say I've had a bad experience with goose but my dad he's a pilot and he has hit a few with his plane before or maybe the bird hit the plane i don't remember i think maybe he said that they were like landing one time and a goose just flew in front of the runway and it smacked on the windshield and then you know blood everywhere feathers everywhere i think they have wipers though windshield wipers so that's worse that's worse (laughs) it just smears it no no that's worse (laughs) so i don't know i'll have to ask him about that experience but um yeah so Today we will be talking about uh, community and what biblical community looks like, and I'm going to let Drew take the reins on this one. So uh, we're going to open up with um, scripture from 1 Peter 2, 9, and 10. So it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So I think just like showing us that we are, like first to have community, biblical community, we have to know like that we are in a community, that it says that we are a chosen people. And it's not like, like we're collectively a chosen people and not singled out as individually because then that would just be like taking individual faith as opposed to taking a communal faith and growing in your relationship with God as a group as a people Mm -hmm. and just calling out that we are a chosen people and a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special possession and that's all to declare the praises of him because of what he did for us yeah I think it's important like we weren't made to be alone. Like, even even God isn't alone. Like, he has the, the Trinity. There's three, and mm-hmm. it's not just one. And so, like, we were made to be in community with each other and to be encouraging each other in our faith. And I think it's important with who you surround yourself with because if you're pouring, like, bad things into your life or you're being surrounded by people who maybe don't do things that um, are considered biblical, then you're going to start doing that at some point or you're going to start wanting to do that at some point. But when you surround yourself with people who are in the word and living out its truth and following the commandments and um, just living with the Holy Spirit inside of them, you're going to start seeing that in your life as well because 
what you surround yourself with matters. And we see that in an example of that in Mark 4, um, the parable of the sower, and it talks about how the seeds were scattered across different landscapes. And so there was, um, there was a rocky ground that didn't have a ton of soil. There was a path where birds came and devoured it. Um, there were some thorns that choked it up. And then there was some good soil that produced grain growing up and, and increased it and allowed it to just multiply and multiply. And it's like, it, it goes to show that what you surround yourself with does matter and who, you're, who is pouring into you shapes who you become. Yeah, because, yeah, just like in that passage that, like, if you surround yourself with, quote-unquote, like, thorns mm-hmm. and um, or just, like, a rocky path, you're not going to grow as well because you're surrounding yourself not with the right yeah. environment to grow. Mm-hmm. But if you surround yourself with other things, some fertile soil that will grow, then you will grow as well. Yep. So there's also a passage in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, talking about the body of Christ. It says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. This is one of my favorite passages to like go back on because it, it just... It tells us how important community is and how we all have individual roles and how we each have abilities that God has given us to use for his glory. And so, Drew, like, you could be really good at something that I'm not and I'm really good at something that you're not, but we could use those things to go together. And when we put those together, it can do something even greater, and then we get to point to God for it. And it's like... All of these different people in the body of Christ have all of these different roles, and that's good. Like, God made us to be unique and individual, and no two people are the same. And so it's an amazing thing when we all get to come together and just use our gifts together and combine those to point back to God and point back to our Creator who has allowed us to um, just have these abilities and things that we get to do. And I think to go off that, um, in Proverbs um, twenty-seven seventeen, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I think that mm-hmm. goes very well um, connected with what you said there, that like we have different skills and we're meant to sharpen each other in those skills. And because Christ have, has given us our special gifts that we can use to glorify him, that we're supposed to build each other up and strengthen each other. And we're not just supposed to be like jealous of other people's gifts Mm -hmm. or brag about or be proud of our gifts that we have been given. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to use those to help other people and not um, just to do that for our own self. Yeah, and God doesn't call us to tear each other apart because someone can do something different or can't do something. He says to look at what everyone can do and look at these abilities that he has given us and see how you can work together using them and do something that's even more powerful instead of trying to do something on your own because you're too proud to admit that you need help or need someone to do something with you. Gifts, like, people are meant to be together and work together. We're not meant to do things alone. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And we're never alone, too, because we always mm-hmm. have um, God with us in the form of the Holy Spirit. But, like, it's just so much greater. Like, in the book of Acts, they talk about the Holy Spirit gets together, and they have a community of believers. And I forget the exact number, but, like, so many believers became believers on one day and became joined in the Holy Spirit as one body mm-hmm. all together yep. at once. I also found another verse that I have heard recently. It's um, 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? And I think it's important to remember, like, yes, we're called to, like, fellowship with people that don't believe. Like, we're not called to cast them out completely because we're all sinners we're all on the same playing field. But this goes back to surrounding yourself with people who aren't going to pour into you as much. If you're constantly with people who don't believe in God and aren't living that out, then you're going to maybe question your faith or doubt it or be convinced to just relook at everything and then be pushed away from that. Or straight up just walk away exactly. and turn to the, to the world to yeah. find your solutions. And so surrounding yourself with that community that has those special abilities or gifts that they've been given and just doing that and then taking that group of people the kingdom of God and then going to unbelievers and saying look at this look at this amazing thing that God has done do you see God in this like and showing them that in. showing yeah. that to them and inviting them in instead of boasting about it or completely casting them out and you can do that like creating this strong um group of uh, believers together and it, going out, taking that group, going out and seeking out unbelievers to invite them in, pull them in and be like, see, look at our community that we have built. Mm-hmm. It's a loving community and we are just worshiping God and we are not going to judge you because that is not our place. Our place is not to judge you. Our place is to bring you in and invite you and show you the Holy Spirit and show God to you so that Um, you might have the Holy Spirit as well. Yeah, absolutely. I was listening to another podcast, or it was more of a sermon message the other day, and it's Passion City Church, and the pastor was Ben Stewart, and I really like him. Like He just has such great biblical knowledge, and he preaches it in a way where everyone can understand it. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how people in the religious community, specifically Christians, if you're going to church, if you're attending church weekly or biweekly, like the statistics of your mental health and um, like loneliness, depression, anxiety, those significantly decrease with people who are going to church because you're surrounded by community and you're surrounded by people who are loving on you and you're being poured into and you're not being torn down. And of course, there are bad experiences. I won't discount that because I had my own bad experience with community at a church. But that doesn't mean you give up on church completely. But statistically, like, people who are going to church are just going to be happier and more um, just alive because of the Holy Spirit being there and, and you're just being poured into constantly. Yeah, and God gives them the strength that they need to keep going. And mm-hmm. if you turn away from God, he like <laughs> you're not going to get that strength that yeah. you, you need from him. Mm-hmm to keep on going and to keep that fellowship in community. And I think, um, so in 
the book of John, um, Jesus says in um, chapter 15, verse 12 and 13, he says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no other, no, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is kind of the ultimate, like this is before he even laid his life down for everybody that he is laying his life down for us. He's like the ultimate, like showing his love towards us. And he calls us to love each other in that way, yep. in the community. And when we love each other in that way, there, we shouldn't be like vengeance towards other people. And we, that's where we get to love them and invite them in to show God's love, to show mm -hmm. Jesus' love. And I think that's, um, that's probably uh, the reason that Jesus said this here, that we can love one another to show God's love through us to yeah. others so that they may see the one that laid down his life for them. Yeah, and it's like if Jesus could make this immense sacrifice by literally giving up his life, can, can't you make a sacrifice for a friend? Like, give up, like, going out to lunch with someone and say, hey, I know you're needing help. Why don't we go out instead? Or just, just little things that are easy to do and it doesn't take much time. Taking 10 minutes out of your day to call them and see if they're doing okay. Like, the sacrifices that we're called to make aren't don't even compare to the one that Jesus made exactly. and it's like it should be so easy and everyone struggles like I do and you do and like it's just human nature to to be selfish and to not want to sacrifice for others but we're called to do that and it we should be in the mindset of like okay I should try to do this mm -hmm. and then I should do this because it's just so hard to just let your own desires take over the like what you should be doing like you should mm -hmm. be going out and love loving one another even yeah. if it's something very simple like sending a text to yeah. somebody or calling them to check on how they're doing but like I think that initial step just because we are selfish in our sin mm -hmm. that we're like okay instead of doing this though let me do something else that just kind of benefits me yeah. in sort of a way and you kind of have to like self-reflect and be like well i don't want to do this well it's not about you mm -hmm. the the whole point of sacrificing for someone else is that it's focused on them and not you and so it should be well they need this so i can give this up and, and that is what love is exactly too. exactly um yeah man i was going to say something else but i am blanking right now <laughs> um that's okay i so there's, we can switch over to like habits in like, mm -hmm. in the community. Mm -hmm. So in Hebrews 10, verse 24, 25, um, says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deed, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And just to note that the day is capitalized mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. So how do we how do we encourage each other? Like how do we do this well within our own communities and yeah, how can we promote that? Well, for sure for sure bringing the the 
gospel into your life, mm-hmm. like living out the gospel and li- like trying to live just as Jesus has, even though it's impossible, but doing our very best to follow what Jesus, follow Jesus' ex- example that he showed on this earth. And I think also like when you're reaching out, like people see, people that are unbelievers can see like God's love working through you Mm -hmm. like without even you don't even have to like mention the Bible at all like you live out and you love one another you're loving on them people see that something's different about you people do see that and that's like like if we're spurring each other on encouraging each other Mm -hmm. encouraging us to do good deeds just as Hebrews says and like people see that and they're like oh well I I like to be encouraged like people like to be encouraged yeah they like they like when people show them love so that they can see that and they'll be like, hmm, I want to know why they're yeah, exactly. showing this love to me. Because they're probably thinking like, may, like, a lot of people will think, I've definitely thought this, like, why is this person showing love to me? Like, mm-hmm. I don't deserve it. Yeah. I, I don't deserve this random person's <laughs> love on me, this kindness. But then you're like, okay, why are you showing me love? even though when I don't deserve it. And then that's when you get to point them to Christ and you, well, I'm loving on you because Christ loved me and I didn't deserve Christ's love. Yeah. But he still loved me anyways. So to show that, like, you're not, like, somebody's not going to deserve love, but you love them anyways to show that Christ's love for them. And, like, you don't even have to, like be preaching the gospel directly to them, walk up to the first person you meet. Oh, hi, um, have you heard about Jesus Christ? Yeah. He died for your <laughs> sins. They're just, But you can always just start by just showing the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Actions speak louder than words, I think, especially nowadays. Like, like, yes, you do want to share the gospel with them, and yes, you do want to say, like, Jesus loves you. But if you walk up to someone who doesn't know Christ and you say, Jesus loves you, that won't mean anything, anything to them. Or if you say a Bible verse, like, like John three sixteen, they're gonna be like, okay, what does that mean? Like, I don't, I don't. They don't have a Bible, probably. Mm-hmm. They probably haven't heard that verse before. So if you're showing them like love by doing something for them, like helping them walk across the street or carrying their bags for them, or doing something simple like that, they're gonna be like, okay, why did this random person I don't even know help me? Like, they're gonna question that and be like, I want to know more. And then you, they might ask you why, and then you have an opportunity to go oh, well, I am a Christian, and I feel I believe that Jesus has called me to serve others above myself, and that probably will open more doors for you, so. Yeah, I, th- I know um, I've, I've worked with a few people in the past, um, like years ago, that, like, they have just been like, no, I don't want, like, they've been pulled away from Christ, mm-hmm because they've had an experience with people that basically, I, I don't want to like say that, but like basically go up and try to convert them from the start. Yep. It's like, hey. It's forced on them. Yeah, they're like, hey, you need to love Christ because you are sinful. And, yeah. and it's very forced. Mm-hmm. And people turn that away and then they see that like, oh, this is how everybody must be like. Mm-hmm. All Christians might, yeah. must be like this. But that's not even true. Yeah. Like, that's why I think starting with just showing them simple love, act of kindness, and just caring about them yeah. and encouraging them will just mm-hmm. bring them 
closer to Christ. For sure. I, I've i been saying this, but scare, taxi, scare tactics don't save souls. <laughs> it's not going to do anything. Like, if you scare a person away, they're going to be less receptive and less likely to want to hear what you have to say. But I think it's important to just be gentle and be kind. And also, like, if you're listening to a person and they're telling you something that happened in their life that is maybe hard for them to talk about or they're talking about something they did or something that happened to them like if you're receptive of that and you just show like genuine love and genuine kindness and that you're actually listening they're gonna be like okay this person cares about me like I can open up to them and I feel safe with them and then Mm -hmm. they're gonna be like okay maybe what they have to say is true because if they can care about me this much like they must care about everyone this much yeah so Do you have anything else to say on, I think we've kind of covered um, the, I don't know what we just covered, but whatever we just covered. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, kind of community and like how we live that out, but how um, we use community to shape the way we interact with people. There's where, that's what I was trying to say. That's (laughs) Um, what we were talking about. But I mean, do you have any personal experiences of community? I know working this summer, like we get to experience that as a team but yeah I think um so Michaela and I both got an opportunity to work alongside um a number of different just fellow believers this summer Mm -hmm. and it's just so eye-opening about how um they can care for each other and like we just got to be invested in a community where people cared about us yep because they cared about Christ. We all shared mm-hmm. the same foundation of Christ that we could just build each other up. And it was, it was very easy to just help each other like in their faith. And it was, just, it was just so wonderful to be able to see God working in all of us together yeah, as once. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's just like, like the group we're with now is a little bit smaller, but both of those groups, like you would come to them with something you were struggling with and they would accept you with open arms and say it's going to be okay like we're we're here to walk alongside you and I don't know it's just incredible an incredible feeling because you get to receive that but you also get to give that to other people and Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing to realize is that as Christ followers we've been given an opportunity to love people and it doesn't matter what they believe what they say what they look like we just get to love them and I think it just calls us, we're called to a higher standard. And when we live out that higher standard, it just gives God all the glory. And, and that's good for us amazing, because we have people to rely thing. on. Yeah. yeah. It is very amazing. You feel safe. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's important to have people you feel safe with. So. And I think along that lines, um, in so James chapter 5, 16 says, uh, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Mm -hmm. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Mm -hmm. And I just think, like, when we're in this community, we should be, like, confessing our sins. Because if we confess our sins to one another, then we can, like, become advocates for each other to keep them away from sin. And Mm -hmm. we can, like, team up together and not have to keep dealing with this sin on our own. Because when we're dealing it on our own, you're like, okay, I'm not going to do this. But then you're like, oh, I'm going to just indulge in this sin a little bit and yeah. it'll be fine. It'll, I'll, I'll 
<laughs> I'll fix it later. I'll, yeah. I'll not do it anymore after this yeah. or something like that. But when you have other people keeping you accountable mm-hmm. and, and even praying for you too, prayer yeah. is so powerful. It really is. That, and it even says here, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Yeah. And you get a community that's praying for you and you're praying for other people about their sins that mm-hmm. they can overcome their sins. Yeah. I think accountability partners are huge. Like, if you tell just one person you trust about something you're struggling with, and you say, okay, I, if, the, if I fall into this sin again, then I'm going to tell you that it happened so that I have someone to go to who knows that I'm struggling with. But also, when you're thinking about doing this thing, whatever it may be, you're like, oh, I don't want to have to tell this person that I did it. So it, it keeps you accountable, and it's like, okay, I want to be able to say I resisted this temptation or I didn't do that thing yeah. that I normally do. But to be completely honest, it's it's really difficult. It is. It's so it's difficult never to gonna confess be easy. your sins. <laughs> because you never want to just bring out all of the things yep. that you've done wrong exactly. to one yeah. person. <laughs> and especially if you have a group of people. it's It leaves you very vulnerable, mm-hmm. I should say. But... If you have a loving community that cares about you, mm-hmm. they're not going to hold that against you. They're not going to yeah. be like, wow, look at you, sinner. Yeah. <laughs> look at you, horrible person, <laughs> for doing that. If they say that, they're the wrong person to go to because they can't admit that they're a sinner themselves, I would say. I think that is more like if, if somebody responds like that, they're just holding themselves above you yeah. in a way yeah. and saying wow your sin is way worse than mine yeah. even though all sin is equal in sin uh-huh. equal in value yeah and so we need to make sure that we're surrounding a, ourselves with the right people that actually care about us so that when we can comfortably go up and confess your sin and the first time you confess like sins to anybody it's mm-hmm. always gonna be really hard and you're gonna be like does this person think less of me yeah and I think also, yeah. like, on that receiving end, if somebody's confessing your, their sins to you, that you shouldn't, you should not hold yourself to a, a higher standard. You should no, not be like, absolutely. wow, you, that was a terrible thing you did. Like, we, we know it's a terrible thing. Yeah. And they just need somebody to love them and come alongside them. And that's yeah. what we should be doing in your, their community. Your first response would be, I love you and nothing you have said will change any way I think about you. And just know that you're still wanted and accepted. And just because you've done this doesn't mean you're any less of a person. Because it was like, that. that is like, that is not who you are. Exactly. That is something you've done. Exactly. Your sin and does that not is define you. some mistake that you made that does not mm-hmm. define you. Because what defines you is your belief in Jesus Christ, yeah. that he will come back on that day. Yep. And bring us back to heaven. Mm-hmm. That is all that matters. That yeah. is what defines us. Yep. And I think, um, I think going off of that, um, in Colossians 3, verse 13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Mm-hmm. That, like, in this, like, when we're confessing our sins, like, also, like, especially if you're confessing something that you've done wrong, mm-hmm. if you've wronged somebody else and you go up and confess to them, that, like, the Lord forgave us. So we should forgive them because it's not our job to be to be the judges of yeah. like, hmm, I'm not going to forgive you yeah. because 
that's basically saying I'm not going to forgive you because I don't care about you. Yeah, and it won't be easy. No, forgiveness it, is never an easy thing. It never is. <laughs> it's it's it goes back to our last podcast. It's humbling yourself and it's saying, okay, I I know that I'm I've done the same thing you have. I've sinned, and that's okay because mm-hmm. I would want someone to forgive me, so I'm going to forgive other people. And there's the verse um, the. If you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. Mm-hmm. And But if you humble yourself, those who humble themselves will be exalted. Yep. And it's just showing, like, we're, we're called to humble ourselves. Yep. We're not called to exalt ourselves over others because we have no reason to exalt ourselves mm-hmm. over others because we're, we're all equally sinful, but yep. we are all, as believers, equally redeemed through Christ. Yeah, yeah. Any final thoughts? I think that I, I can't wrap up anything right now off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but you go. It's, it looks like you have something to say. <laughs> no, I'm right just going to wrap it up. Um, we just wanted to say that thank you for joining us again today. Um, we're probably going to be putting a question box on our Spotify page, and we would like you guys to just submit some fun questions or biblical questions, any kind of question you have. Um, for us to answer on a future podcast. Um, But yeah, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. And one more thing, we are working on getting it on Apple Podcasts. Yes. We're working on it, so stay tuned. And today marks the day with new cover art of Conversations That Count. Yes. With the great new revamped name and design change Mm -hmm. created by yours truly, Michaela Erlinson. And we hope you like it. And thank you for listening from me. I know Michaela already said that. (laughs) And yeah, just comment any questions and just have a blessed day. Bye. Bye.